If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're now tuned in to The Investor Show, where we teach simple wealth creation for the common investors with investment advisor, award-winning author, international speaker, and founder of Royal Financial Investment Group, Prince Dykes. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, you are now tuned in to The Investor Show. As always, this is your gracious host, the Prince of Investing, coming to you guys and girls live all the way from the beautiful city and state of Denver, Colorado. Don't forget to hit that like, subscribe, comment, and share button if you're catching this live. And if you're catching the playback, I'm glad that you enjoyed as well. But as you guys and girls can see, we got a very interesting topic. It's a lot going on in the market, in the market today. And I have a very special guest that's live with uh, with us here today who needs no introduction. We have the Yahoo Finance Editor-in-Chief, Mr. Andy Sorry. He's going to be coming on here in a second to talk about some of the craziness that we've been seeing going around the financial industry and the market. So to kind of give you guys a little backdrop of him, uh, you know, he's the Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo Finance now. He's been around the financial industry from Fortune Magazine. Uh, for 30 years, all of the great stuff. He was here for 2008, 2087, and the year goes on. So uh, as you're coming in, we're going to do a little roll call. So tell me where you're from and uh, uh, tell me where you're from and all of the good stuff like that. So, of course, we got some unemployment numbers coming in today that everybody's been looking for. We have the unemployment rate that's going to be coming out tomorrow. So all things in finance, we're going to talk about oil, all of the good stuff like that. So. Without further ado, let me introduce my guest, Mr. Andy Surrey of Yahoo Finance. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing great, Prince. Thanks for having me on. Awesome, awesome. So where are you at? Where are you located right now? You're not going to believe it. I, uh, My wife and I left. Actually, my daughters did too. Uh, and we went up to the great state of Maine. We're all the way up Maine. in the northeast corner. See up there? You can't even see it. All the way up there in the northeast corner of the United States. And we are hunkered down. We've had to self-quarantine here for two weeks way out in the country. Um, and, you know, there is the coronavirus here as well. And people are concerned about uh, people coming in from out of state. So we're self-quarantined. We came from New York City and we've been in here inside for, what, about like nine or ten days, something like that. Well, I'm kind of hunkering down in uh, in my basement here in Denver, Colorado, coming to you guys. But thanks, thanks we got technology, so um, yeah. I still can see you. But the first thing, let's get into some of the good stuff here. Uh, what's going on in the market here today? We've seen some of the unemployment jobless claims that came in. They're like another three million that totaled out to six million in like the last week or so or whatnot. And we're seeing unemployment going on with the coronavirus is going up and all this good stuff like this. What do you have to say? And the market didn't re- really reflect so far. We know how to volatile the market is right now. What do you have to say with unemployment that's going on and the rise? Uh, the market is going on right now. What do you have to say about that with unemployment and all this other good stuff? Well, you know, Prince, I mean, this is a a truly unique situation we're in and obviously not a good one. And we have a healthcare crisis, the likes of that we've never seen. I mean, you have to go back, you know, literally a hundred years back to the influenza pandemic 
1918. And of course, uh, not too many of us were around back then. So none of us really remember what that was like. And now, of course, the world's completely changed. But the healthcare crisis has created an economic crisis. And um, it, it's pretty severe. And we're just sort of at the beginning of it right now. And you talk about uh, the job picture, and that is front and center because we're just seeing the first wave of this. And the first wave is things like restaurants and bars, shops, stores, non-essential businesses that have had to shut down. And immediately, you know, within a week or so, these companies have been and businesses have been laying people off, furloughing people. And now those people are, are hitting the unemployment rolls and seeking jobless benefits and jobless make, filing jobless claims. And that's the, those are the numbers you're referring to. Last week, 3.3 million Americans uh, filed jobless claims. And that was just an, an amazing record, uh, an ignominious record, I should say. And then this week, just this morning, that number doubled 6.6 million people filed. And the number um, may could even be higher because the states can't even keep up with the claims, number one. Number two, a lot more people can file jobless claims now because they've expanded the definition like gig economy workers can get it. And then uh, tomorrow, as you said, we're going to have the uh, unemployment rate comes out. It won't fully reflect this because it's for the month of March. But, you know, we had a record low unemployment rate of 3.5 percent. And no doubt that is going to be going a lot higher from here. Mm. How high you, how high you're forecasting, Andy? Well, you know, back in 1982, the unemployment rate went up to 10.8 percent. And, you know, I, I think we could get towards that, which is scary. I mean, in the Great Depression, we had double that even. I mean, 20 percent of America was unemployed. I don't think we're going to get near that. And and I do think that this is a situation, you know, there's a great debate amongst economists on Wall Street, like, are we going to have a V-shaped recovery, a snapback? Mm. And I think people are being a little too optimistic about that because, unfortunately, I think this thing's going to linger. There'll be maybe a second wave, a resurgence. It's not going to be something we can just cure, you know, in G- on, on June 1st. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be slower. So I think it's going to linger. But I don't think it's going to be, you know, create a real depression. I think it's going to create a pretty serious recession. Mm-hmm. And I think people should be ready for it. Um, I, I think we're going to get through this. We're going to recover. But it may take a little bit longer than people initially think. Okay. So let's do a little roll call here to see where people are commenting and where they're from. We have uh, Freddie B. here says he's from Lansing, Illinois. Um, we have Yavana. Eric is from Southern Wisconsin. And who else? We got Nashville, Tennessee. Shan from Memphis, Tennessee says, welcome, Mr. Andy Sorry. Alabama is in here. He <laughs> said, hey, Prince, love your show. Can't stay long. Have to move. We'll watch it later today. Thank you for all you do. Really involving us into the stock market. Okay. Now we're going to get into the first thing. You was here back in 1987. I read your article where you compared 1987 stock market crash to today's 2020 crash. In 1987, on October 19th, on Black Monday, which was the largest crash in stock market history, 22%. I don't want to tell you age, but you said you was 27 years old at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you were working for Fortune Magazine, and that was the worst market crash of today. And, you know, that's what's instituted in what we know as the circuit breakers. So from you going back to 1987, uh, that's about, what, 30, 
33 years ago, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, 32, mm-hmm. 33 years ago, mm-hmm. all the way to the 2020 crash where we've hit circuit breakers, I don't know, four or five times mm-hmm. over the last two weeks. What was the sentiment now compared to 1987, which was the worst one-day crash in U.S. history? It's interesting. And uh, first of all, the one difference right away is that was just one day. And it, it happened pretty suddenly, Prince. I mean, there were a few little market tremors before that, and people were a little worried about this and that. But for the most part, it just went wham. It was like, you know, Madden football, whack. You know, <laughs> you know it was just like, God. And uh, I remember, you know, I was pretty young, and I just looking at the gray beards kind of coming out of their offices, and you could almost see, like, the smoke at the end of the day, like, rising, like, after the battlefield. You know, I mean, it was like carnage, just carnage. And people just didn't even know what hit them. And then I remember people explaining, you know, the next day or so, well, there are these computers, see, and they trade stocks, right? And there are these few people on Wall Street and like no one really knows what they're doing. And so that was the beginning of computerized trading. It really was mostly a shock of computer trades that was completely unknown and unregulated by Wall Street. And so we did put in those things that you just alluded to, the circuit breakers, Mm-hmm. Um, which have been helpful. You know, they, they, we have used them four times uh, during this recent crisis. And, you know, what it does is like, it's like a timeout. It's like timeout. You know, I just want you to sit in the corner for a little bit and just like what you tell your kids. Um, and then the market does sort of chill out. And you don't, you can't prevent the market from going down. But instead of the market going down like that, and people panicking, it kind of got like bumps down the stairs a little bit and people have a time to adjust. And that's what we've had from the top to the bottom of this, uh, this, uh, problem time that we've had. The market's gone down 36%. Now the market's now back up from that low. So, you know, we're down in the twenties. Um, you know, which is, you know, a bear market. Um, it's not the end of the world. Personally, I think that the market, could be a little bit too optimistic here, Prince. I mean, mm. you know, I would not be surprised if another shoe dropped. Now, I just talked to Anthony Scaramucci, the mooch, mm. uh, earlier today, and he said, "No, I don't think so." He said, "This is." He thinks this is it. He said the market might go down another five or ten percent. But you know, this gets back to some of the principles that you and I have talked about time and time again with Warren Buffett, which is, "Are you in this thing for the long haul?" Are you buying and holding or if you're trading and if you're day trading here and there, I, I can't really help you. I mean, I, I, I can just, you know, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Warren Buffett doesn't know. Prince Dykes doesn't know. Like you buy this stock and three days later it goes down 15 percent. You're going to call me up. That's not going to happen because I'm not going to tell you to do that. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you, like, if you buy some high quality names right now, you call me in five or 10 years and you'll be calling me up and saying that was that was some good advice. OK, now you just meant it. Uh, and you've been known for seeing across the world, across the globe, you've been known for saying, hey, you invested, you in, you into this for the long haul, stay into the market, you should always be investing. That's what you, you know. I've always seen you say, right? Now, the thing I have to say with you, and for the people out there that doesn't know, this is Andy Sorry. Every Pretty much any interview you've probably seen him doing about the last five or six years, it probably was with Andy. So, you know, he knows Warren Buffett, knows, knows Warren Buffett. So, uh the thing about I want to ask you, you just alluded to, hey, I don't know what's going to happen into the market today or tomorrow, um, but I know by some high-quality stocks, some high-quality names, and you'll be happy in five or six years from now. What is Andy Sorry investing to? 
Well, I haven't done anything, but I haven't sold anything, but I might. And I know what I would look to do if I, I was going to do something. I mean, you know, I would look at names that you've always wanted to buy, but that are now a little bit on sale. You know, um, I'm looking at things like Costco or Home Depot. Mm-hmm. You get back into Starbucks, Amazon, you never bought that stock. Um, and then there's some some kind of more interesting things that if you have a little bit more fortitude, like, I mean, Delta Airlines is a very good company. and But, you know, man, that thing's in a world of pain right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, that's more speculative. You hate to call a company like Delta speculative. But, you know, it's also one of Warren Buffett's, speaking of Warren again, one of his bigger holdings. And, you know, um, so, you know, if you're really pay, I, you know, I, I just – I would bet that if you bought Delta and held on to that thing for 10 years, it would probably work out pretty well for you, too. Okay. So we got some people checking in here from Atlanta, Georgia, Memphis, Tennessee, Houston, Texas, Atlanta, Michigan, um, all over today. But one question we have right here coming in from Facebook, what sector do you think I should concentrate on during this time of recession as far as investing for the long term? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll repeat that point I just made about the you know highest quality companies and some of them I just mentioned. Another way to do this that's sort of a little bit more foolproof that we should, of course, mention is just buying the S&P 500, mm-hmm. um, buying the Vanguard index, S&P 500 index fund. Um, that way you're getting exposure to, you know, the, the biggest American companies and you don't have to pick and choose and, oh, shoot, I wish I had done that. Now, there are going to be companies and industries that did better, and there are going to be a bunch of them that did worse. But at least, you know, when it says the market was up 15%, which it will be at some point over the next couple of years, you will be right there along with that. Um, I think, you know, the restaurants and the airlines and the cruise lines, I mean, someone's going to make a lot of money buying some cruise line stocks, right? The Norwegian and Carnival, Royal Caribbean. But, you know, I just don't know because one of those could go bankrupt. They could merge. You just never. That's that's so risky right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. now, the other thing I wanted to get into this with it. Right. If we know Corona has set in. My philosophy is that real estate is next for a dip. Do you believe that? Do you think Mm -hmm. real estate will be affected by the big coronavirus dip? That's an interesting question. And I. I, um suspect you're talking about commercial real estate rather than residential real estate. Because I don't think residential real estate is particularly connected um, to the coronavirus. Um, Maybe homes are more valuable now because of that. I I just don't know. Commercial real estate is possible because a lot of people are working from home, Prince. And, you know, I think that you know, while a lot of us are going nuts working from home, maybe more of us will work, continue to work from home. And I think also, you know, companies may realize, boy, we don't need this huge office footprint we had, you know, and maybe we, you know, some people work at home, maybe they should be more spread out instead of having people so concentrated. Um, certainly malls and retailing um, is, hasn't been a good place to be for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that trend will continue. Um, so I don't think you got a big wind at your back, generally speaking about with commercial real estate. Now, uh, you know, one of the oldest lines about real estate is so true is it's local, local, local. I mean, 
you might be in an office project if you get a you know offer to go into something in, in like San Diego and it'll be like the best thing you ever invested in your entire life. I have no idea. I'm just saying generally speaking, like putting people in malls or putting, you know, aggregating these buildings. I don't know. I don't know about that business right now. Okay. So another question we got coming in that says, what are your thoughts on the cruise line industry? You kind of hinted to this earlier about Norwegian and Carnival. What are your thoughts on the cruise line industry that's getting beaten up? Some of the international companies don't qualify for some of the stimulus package. What do you think about that whole industry in general? Oh, you know, those, so they're the three companies. uh, We mentioned them, Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, and uh, Carnival. Right. And yeah, they're domiciled outside the United States. Panama is one. I think uh, the Bahamas is another. Um, and yet they're, you know, they operate out of the United States. So live by tax avoidance, die by tax avoidance. I mean, President Trump himself said, mm, you know, and of course, they are so hard hit. It's very interesting. Um, these stocks have been OK over the past you know, decade or so. Um, it's been a, you know, it's a pretty good business. They've been vexed. Uh, if you sort of dig in, or I can see here, proud dad is a guy looking here. Yes. I, I can see. Um, you know, this is a business that's not unfamiliar with diseases, right? You had noroviruses and all that stuff, and people getting sick, and so this is not new. This is just happens to be the mother of all disease uh, problems for cruise ships. And right now, I mean, it is horrible. They're like floating petri dishes you know you've got one off the coast of florida right now where they can't dock and they're sick passengers. i mean it's a nightmare and i think this is going to hurt the business for a very very long time uh, i have to ask proud dad if proud dad likes to go to las vegas or atlantic city or a casino and doesn't mind losing a thousand to five thousand dollars and like so that's it that okay you want to buy these three stocks put you know a thousand bucks into each one Go for it, knowing that you could lose. Not, they're not all three of them are going. No, they're not all three of them are going away. Um, there's still going to be a cruise ship business, but one of them might, and they might merge. Like I said, in which case it might even be better. But it's mad money uh, to use Jim Kramer's line uh, to to put it in here. I mean, you might make you know ten thousand bucks off that couple thousand within a couple of years, or you might you might be wiped out. Um, it's not going away. It's got a long term. It's got a lot of pain to go through and it's going to take a while to recover. Okay. Now, before we jump into the next question, something I wanted to ask you, uh, you recently sat down with Warren Buffett. I mean, you sit down with him all the time, right? Uh, and, uh, up in Omaha and you, I seen your interview when you spoke to him about the coronavirus and, you know, he pretty much canceled his Berkshire Hathaway meeting. What is his sentiment or what is his outlook on the market? Is it, Bullish is always like, hey, we're going to make it through this, or is this something that kind of shakes them up? Yeah, well, um, thank you for asking, Chris. I mean, I talk to him, you know, a couple times a year, and at least once a year we do kind of a, a long interview, and we usually do it in March. I'm trying to think what the date was. Let me see if I can get someone around here. You remember the date of the Omaha interview over there? Do you remember the date we went to Omaha? March 10th. March 10th. Thank you. That was my wife. Uh, she remembers things a lot better than I do. We went out to Omaha to speak with Buffett on March 10th. And, you know, just to give you an idea of how things have changed so much, um, we were worried about going there. Uh, and we, my crew and myself, um, 
because for two reasons. One, we were concerned about you know traveling and getting the coronavirus, and Omaha actually had some was a you know had some cases. But I, I was more worried, and we were more worried of possibly exposing Warren Buffett to the coronavirus. I mean, can you imagine? It'd be horrible. Um, you know, right? I mean, unthinkable. So, um, so um, we went ahead and did it, and uh, you know, he said hi. Um, but so, so it was not quite as much of a fearful environment right now as it was back then, or I should say, back then as it is now. Um, but it was still very much, you know, there. And I asked him about that right away. That was the first question. What about the coronavirus? And you, like I said, first, you, it wasn't as serious then as it is now. But he said, listen, you know, not surprisingly that we're going to get through this. And um, I think if I asked him today, he'd say we're going to get through this. You know, one thing to remember is so the economy's kind of shut down, right? Mm-hmm. But there's parts of the economy that's not shut down. My parent company, Verizon, is very much not shut down. You want to get on the internet? So, and I want to let everybody know. So, Verizon owns Yahoo. Yahoo. Correct. Okay. All Correct. Right. And Verizon's arch rival company, AT and T, is very much up and running. And so is T Mobile and Sprint. That's all running. Um, the food business in the United States, you know, it's strained, but it's very much running. We are getting our food right. Um, the entertainment business is running. So let's say a third of America and the banks, by the way, the very important, very important. The banking system is working just fine. OK, there's no run on the banks. You can get your money. There's no fear in the banking system at all. The Federal Reserve is going into this thing big time. I mean, they learned the lesson from 2008. It was a little smaller, a little more incremental. This time they are going in full bore and they've learned from 2008. So. Yes, a huge swath of the U.S. economy is offline. But when it comes back online, you're going to have telecommunications, food, banking. These things are going to be there and will just be layered right onto it. Okay. So we have another question here from Max B. from New Orleans. He says, what do you think about the hotel industry? Oh, Max B., um, it's just uh, one order away from uh, the cruise ships. So the big, the, the, the four in harm's way are cruise ships, number one, airlines, number two, hotels, number three, and restaurants, number four, right? I mean, th- that is that is the core of pain right there in the U.S. economy, restaurants and bars, you know. So hotels, uh, similar situation. One thing about hotels, I have to say, is there are a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm. I, I happen to think that the hotel business um, is if not completely, if not way overbuilt, it's not underbuilt. So I've always been a little wary of that business. Um, there's a lot of competition. Um, first of all, you're talking about a huge range of business. You're going from Motel 6 to the Four Seasons, global, local. Um, and again, like if, I don't know, maybe Max B is interested in opening up a hotel or running a hotel or franchising hotel. So that would be a local question. And I can't answer like if you're in, um, you know, Fort Worth, Texas, and there are no hotels and you've got this great opportunity, it might be a good thing. I, I don't know that. If you're talking about investing in the large hotel companies, they're way down. They're going to recover. I, I 
don't think it's going to be a huge, great place to invest over the next five years because I think there's a lot of anti-globalism going on. I think people are going to be reluctant. I think there's a lot of competition, a lot of discounting of rooms to get filled up. So um, that's kind of my take on it. Okay. All right. So next one, Chad, he says, since you alluded to people working from home, do you believe IT and cyber stocks will will be a great uptick because of this? Because of people working at home, maybe uh, I know we had Zoom. Zoom has been doing amazing for these lads during the coronavirus. But I know a couple, you know, Zoom went through some problems yesterday when um, a couple of major companies said, hey, due to your safety, we don't want to play with you guys. So they're saying that, hey, would you see a big uptick in IT and cyber stocks due due to this? What's yeah, well, Chad, they're coming. We already, we already have. Um, Zoom has been, as, as Prince says, just been like a mega stock uh, this year. Um, and some people have said, yeah, wait till this thing's over. Zoom's going to crash. I think Zoom probably go back down, but, um, I I would have to say, I think this is going to be a good place to invest, um, you know, going forward, you know, and then as opposed to perhaps to hotels and, you know, I don't really know for sure, but one thing, you know, you can sort of see is, and I'm talking relatively speaking, like hotels might do as well as the U S economy, you know, these it cyber stocks might do better. I like to sort of think about things having a wind at their back, no wind, or the wind in their face. And I would say these IT cyber stocks have the wind at their backs, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of these things that came out of this coronavirus uh, situation are going to stay with us. You know, more people working from home, more fears of pandemics, more people working remotely. You know, people wanting to do, you know, work on these things all over the darn place. And so, you know, you're seeing Google and um, Zoom and, you know, even Facebook, you know, people are using that to communicate. But there's also, you know, Cisco's WebEx, there's Skype that Microsoft owns. All these products and services are going to be things that people, I think, will be using more and more, you know, for the rest of our lives. So I think it's and cyber. Yeah, I mean, securities, of course, huge, huge. Okay. So Harloon Financial said, what stocks that you are personally investing in, Andy? I know you kind of alluded to this earlier about high quality stocks or whatnot, but people want to know what is Andy personally, you know, that you're liking? Yeah, well, I have, you know, just funds mostly and uh, some stocks that I inherited, some some blue chip stocks. So I don't really trade that much. I, you know, own a bunch of, uh, let's see what I've got, some Amazon, JP Morgan. Uh, Microsoft, some of those things, mostly things from 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 my from my family, those kinds of those kinds of names. But I mean, like I said, it's kind of more like you know the S and P five hundred, the S and P one hundred, the Fortune five hundred, Fortune one hundred companies. Okay, so you alluded to it earlier that Verizon owns. Um, I own Verizon too. That's my you, company on that stock. You might, you might want to own Verizon. I have to. It's part of my compensation. I own that, right? Oh, nice, nice. Uh, but if you ever get tired of those Verizon stocks and you want to get rid of some of them, you know, think about Prince there a little bit. We'll have to trade it up. I don't know. <laughs> Let me know what you got. <laughs> All right. Now they said you alluded to the the fact that. Uh, Yahoo Finance is owned by Verizon. Mm-hmm. So that now that Sprint and T-Mobile have merged, what happens to the Sprint stock? Do I don't know that off the top of my head. So um, is that a? I don't know if that's a cash deal or a stock deal. So I'd have to look that up and get back to you. Um, 
you know, T-Mobile uh, is a wild and crazy company. Uh, they've got a flamboyant, iconoclastic CEO, um, John Leger. And so it'll be interesting to see where that where that goes. But, you know, I think it's good that there's more competition in the space, you know, and I say this as a Verizon employee, but like I think just having a duopoly between, you know, Verizon and AT&T is not so great for consumers. So I think it's great to have that third company out there. And, you know, there are other ways of, you know, using getting telephony as well. But um, competition is good for people like TV, Prince and Andy. Okay. Okay. Now, Another thing I want to ask you about, another thing I want to ask you about, some of these new things, these hybrid things that we've seen kind of rear their head in the last decade. And what I'm saying to this, the cryptocurrency industry and also the marijuana industry, you know, they're going through a lot of legal battles. You know, cryptocurrency is, is kind of out there. You over at, you know, Yahoo Finance, Andy Sorry, you've seen a lot. You've been around for a long time. What are your takes on these particular industries? Right. Well, um, crypto. Man, where do you begin to go on that? I, we probably, there's been a lot of interest in that. It's kind of rose. It had that like euphoric moment, and then it crashed, and now it comes back a little bit. Um, you know, there's a lot of craziness involved in that. You know, the usual line is, I don't know about Bitcoin, but um, blockchain makes sense in terms of transactions. So people are always saying that. I mean, so far, it hasn't really you know, been a situation where it's used for practical purposes. And our guy, Warren Buffett, as you know, is not a fan uh, at all. In fact, they tried to convince him recently and he just, he wouldn't take the bait. His partner, Charlie Munger, has called it rat poison. Um, at some point, someone will call it, Charlie Munger calls it rat poison? Rat poison. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Tell us what you really think. Um, but so I really, you know, I don't have a strong opinion in it on it. Um, it kind of like, uh, you know, when people start talking about it, you know, it makes my teeth hurt, quite honestly. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, wake me up when it's over. Wake me up when something real is going on. On the other hand, I'm sure people are making millions and millions of dollars. I will tell you that this is this is a 100% true story. A friend of mine was telling me about, uh, he is works in private equity, right? Mm-hmm. And one of his portfolio companies was subjected to a ransomware attack. And the way that works is uh, a bunch of criminals get into a company's software, right? And they invade through malware and they get in, get in, get in, get in. And then when they get in deep enough, then they just go like this click and they freeze up the entire company's um, operations, their software. And then they emailed and they said, we are now holding your company for ransom. And uh, if you would like us to unclick, then you will pay us. And this was a millions of dollars, true, true company, true numbers, many millions of dollars, many millions of dollars. And they wanted it in Bitcoin. They wanted it in Bitcoin. And it turned out these people, you know, I hate to say it, but again, this is a fact. They were Russians. They were coming from Russia and they wanted Bitcoin. And this company paid them. They had to. They paid them. It's like right out of a Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise, James Bond, you know, and they paid the millions of dollars in Bitcoin to go away. And they received the Bitcoin. And then the people in Russia went click and the whole thing disappeared. So people ask, why does it have such a bad reputation? Well, I wonder. 
<laughs> when did this happen? Is this recent? Or this I, I'm within the past twelve months. I can go wow. back to this. One. I didn't ask him, but it was obviously something very recent. Okay, so the next you 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 we just recently well President Trump just recently signed a two trillion dollar stimulus package. Well, we didn't even talk about weed, but we want me to talk about weed quickly. Let's go jump on the weed too. Let's do that one too. Because weed, I have, I'm a, you know. Do you partake? Do you partake, Andy? I have inhaled. <laughs> <laughs> I try to, I try to avoid it right now. Oh, <laughs> oh people are looking at me over here. Um, but um, you know, in some places it's legal. It's legal in Colorado, Prince. I'm not going to ask you because I wouldn't ask you that. But okay. see, it's curious. It's so kind of weird thing. Like it, it's legal in. It's legal in Colorado, and yet if you play for the Denver Nuggets, and yet if you play for the Denver Broncos, you can't smoke weed. Your company, your company won't allow, doesn't allow you to do that. You're not allowed to do it. So there's so many curious legal things, and of course, you know it's not legally banked in the United States, and it's legal in states, but federally it's illegal. Fine. So the the public stocks are Canadian, right? And um, the one thing about weed that's funny is a business, though, like just saying it becomes legal at some point. It's a little bit like tomato business to me. It's like tomatoes. And let me tell you why. Because with tomatoes, you can grow them in your backyard. And a lot of people do. And then you can also buy them at the store. So I think that's what's going to happen with weed. And, and so, like, sure, you can go to the stores, but I guess you can buy it, too. Although maybe your neighbors steal it. I don't know. They sometimes do that with tomatoes if you live in a bad neighborhood. But it's interesting. I don't know. It's very speculative. I think that there's the problem with it as an investment, mm-hmm. getting back to the tomato thing, I think it's a kind of unlimited supply. And I, and I think what the winners will be people who can package and distribute it well. And it's it's a little out there, right? Okay. So getting back to our next question, in regards to the additional stimulus package, we just did a $2 trillion stimulus package. Do you think there will be another one? If so, do you think it will be larger than the current package? You know, we just signed that $2 trillion stimulus mm-hmm. package. Um, Proud Dad from Atlanta is asking, do you think it will be another one? And do you think it will be larger than the current one? Is that PD again? That's him again. PD. Hey, PD. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there may be another one, there, but it might take a different guise. I, I think what they want to do is just hit things different ways. Um, but you know, you may, they may need to just simply get more money into people's pockets. Um, you know, we're talking about much more than 2 trillion. If you take into account the federal reserves programs of, um, you know, inf- uh, inflating its balance sheet and, and buying securities, they're putting in trillions of dollars as well. So, you know, it's 6 trillion plus right now. Um, that's kind of printing money in a way, in a different kind of way. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised because, I think they really want to hit this thing hard, you know, in a way, you know, people like saying, oh, President Trump is just doing all this to get reelected and blah, blah. Well, in a way, his interests are aligned with our interests, though, right? I mean, 100 percent, because he wants the economy to do well. And by God, we all want it to do well, too, because we want to go back to work and feed our families, et cetera. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if it'll be, you know, wow, we got to, we did two. Now we're going to do three. I don't think it's going to be quite like that. But. It'll be, it'll be, it could be something. Okay. So, Max B said, I like how Andy broke down the investments with weed. <laughs> Max B, like tomatoes, right? Like tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you got to get going, Andy. 
Um, first of all, I want to say uh, I definitely appreciate you for coming on. But one last thing I want to ask you, mm-hmm. with what's going on in this world? Um, sorry for everybody that said didn't get answered a, a question live. But the last thing I want to leave you with, how long do you think we're going to be in this shutdown COVID-19 scare? Because I even see Yahoo Finance. You guys are doing all your stuff online. Everybody's pretty much from home or office. How long do you think this is going to last? Yeah. I mean, isn't that the question, right? Um, so uh, I'm up here in Maine. It's freezing cold. It's about 35 degrees and raining, but I live near a state park and a beach, right? And figure like go over there, right? Walk around on the bit. And there's no one over there. And they close that thing down. <laughs> it closed it down just the other day because apparently people were coming out of town and walking on it and getting sort of close to each other. I have no idea. And then they threw me off the other day, told me they were going to call the sheriff. I'm like, going to go away. Yeah, I know. $1,000 fine. I said, I'm not coming back. Believe me. Um, And then I was looking. They're not going to open this thing up to Memorial Day, right? So obviously, this is going to be the the worst month. April, forget it, right? Nothing's going to reopen in April. Um, So I think more things are going to shut down. And then in May... You know, here's the thing. Like, I was thinking about my own company, Verizon, and just, you know, my CEO, Hans Vestberg. And so maybe, you know, his people say, well, if you let people go back May 15th. Well, hold on, Andy. You just spoke to him. Did you just speak to him recently? I did, yeah. I did not speak to him about this, though, to be clear. But I'm just speculating that someone would say, well, you have a 75% chance of people being okay on May 15th. You have a 100% chance of people being okay on June 1st. What would you do? I think he's going to do 100%. People are concerned about resurgence because you've seen that in China. You let people go back and then they reinfect. So I, I think that, you know, that's a concern. Uh, on the other hand, you know, there is people want to get the economy going again because then you are inflicting another kind of pain. Um, so I would imagine, you know, sort of by June 1st that the country will start at the latest people, it'll start to open up again. But I think there will be certain things that will, not be open again and it will go very slowly and the things were really packed together in a place like new york city you know that's going to be last and, you know some rural areas not hard hit you know they may open up a lot earlier i think it's going to depend on those things and then you know what we really hope is that people build up immunity and we don't have another resurgence going into uh the fall but then we really need to wait for um the vaccine which i think is going to be 2021 so i think it's going to be and, and, you know, a year. And I think the worst of it is going to be two months from now. And then I think it's going to get better. We're going to see what happens in the fall. And then I think we'll get kind of an all, all clear sign, you know, not for not till next spring. So, yes or no. Do you think we got further to drop in the market? Yes, I do. Um, I think so. Um, I, I think it's, you know, on the order of, you know, more like 10, 10 plus percent rather than 30 percent, though. I think we've already felt a lot of pain, but I think I almost feel like we're almost, and I hate to say this, but in terms of the stock market alone, I feel like we're getting off a little too easy if it just stays right where it is now. Okay. Is there anything you want to leave anybody out there with? Anything you want to say to anybody? Uh, how can people uh, follow you? All of the great stuff like that. All of the great stuff. Yeah. Well, I, first of all, I just want to say everyone should keep the faith, you know, and like I said, it's important to remember a lot of the things that are still working in this country. Like I said, food distribution, the banking system, telecommunications, your internet, Netflix, <laughs> all that good stuff is working, and that's important. And, and you know, this country is going to come back. The world's going to come back. We're going to be fine. Um, 
and so hang in there, everyone. And, you know, I'm, I'm out there. Like you wanted to say, tell me where I, people can follow me or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, yeah. yeah just at, at Serwer on Twitter, just at S E R W E R um, Instagram, Facebook, but you know, most importantly go to Yahoo finance mm-hmm. and watch. We're doing eight hours of live shows from our homes about the market, about your investments, about your personal finance issues. And then the website and mobile, we're on there on the app and on the desktop as well. So please, please join us there. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, Andy Sorry. I'm Prince Dykes. This is today's episode of the Investor Show. Until the next video, podcast, cartoon, book, or whatever else crazy you see me do around the globe. Peace, be safe, I'm out, and thank you. Yeah.